This is GI Insights on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Peter Buck, and today we'll be discussing autoimmune hepatitis, also referred to as AIH, with Dr. Alan Bonder. He's the Director of Liver Transplantation at Beth Israel Deaconess Hospital and an Assistant Professor of Medicine at Harvard Medical School. Welcome to the program, Dr. Bonder. Thank you, Dr. Buck. It's a pleasure to be with you. And Let's dive right in, Dr. Bonder. How does AIH usually present in patients? So I would say there's different presentations. We have what the conventional abnormal liver chemistries as an outpatient, and that leads to workup, including out the antibodies, and then we find them positive, and that leads to a biopsy that lets the diagnosis of autoimmune hepatitis. But also, we have to be aware about the presentation of liver failure. So there is patients that can present with acute liver failure related to autoimmune hepatitis. And of course, these patients need to be admitted to a liver transplant center because they will need a liver transplant. And finally, we have the patients in between, patients who come with severe autoimmune hepatitis. They don't meet that liver failure criteria yet, but they need to be admitted to get IV steroids so we can treat them right away and prevent them to actually go on and to develop liver failure. And with that in mind, what other liver diseases could be confused with AIH? That's a great question. I I would say right now we have a few of them. So if you have an underlying autoimmune disease, then you are more prone to develop autoimmune liver disease. So for example, patients with SLE or other rheumatoid arthritis are more at risk of having autoimmune hepatitis. So those patients need to be checked to liver test. The one that we actually see more in our practice is basically drug-induced liver injury. For example, the use of statins or other medication that can cause liver injury and they can mimic autoimmune hepatitis. And in those cases, sometimes a liver biopsy, sometimes doing steroids or withdrawing for steroids will tell us that those patients meet criteria for autoimmune hepatitis or other diagnoses. And as a segue to that, it sounds like the diagnosis provides some challenges for clinicians. So how do you tell us the challenges and how to work up these patients, especially when they're the crossover illnesses with other liver diseases? I think this is one of the most important questions, Peter, that we actually get asked. So a diagnosis of autoimmune hepatitis needs the help of a liver biopsy. Without a liver biopsy, we won't be able to diagnose autoimmune hepatitis because we, again, in all of those conditions, we have abnormal liver tests, we have the presence of autoantibodies. So when we put everything together, put the pieces together, we want to show that the biopsy shows autoimmune hepatitis because those patients will be on treatment for at least two to three years. And then we want to make sure that the diagnosis is correct because, you know, we don't want to start giving steroids to patients who don't meet the diagnosis, specifically, for example, patients who have a positive autoimmune hepatitis, autoimmune antibody, and they have hepatitis C or they have autoimmune hepatitis and they have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So again, a biopsy is so important and it is, I would say, the kind of the gold standard for diagnosing someone with autoimmune hepatitis. So for those just tuning in, you're listening to GI Insights on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Peter Buck, and I'm speaking with Dr. Alan Bonder about autoimmune hepatitis, or AIH for short. So now that we've had some background on the presentation of AIH, Dr. Bonder, let's switch to liver biopsies. First of all, do all AIH patients need a liver biopsy? And the second question, how are biopsies helpful in clinical decision-making for AIH patients? 
So again, this is two very important questions, Dr. Books. Number one is the answer to your first question will be yes. Every patient that we suspect autoimmune hepatitis needs a liver biopsy to get diagnosed with autoimmune hepatitis. So again, if we go to the presentations and we have a patient who presents with abnormal liver chemistries, we want to kind of put the pieces together. You know, the presence of abnormal liver tests, the presence of a positive autoantibodies, and the presence of an histologic inflammation related to autoimmune hepatitis gives you the diagnosis of autoimmune hepatitis. And it's so important, again, to look at this three things together, because we are committing this patient's to two to three years of immunosuppression. And some of them, we will talk about flares, some of them will be lifelong therapy without with immunosuppression. So we want to make sure that these patients really have a diagnosis of autoimmune hepatitis. As far as the second question, is a biopsy so important in the clinical decision? And the answer is yes. And the reason why is autoimmune hepatitis, when we look at the specifics of inflammation, can look at plasma cells, lymphocytes, but that also can be fine in other diseases. So this is when we actually clinically, we have to make sure that we looked at their presentation, we look at our biochemical lab abnormalities, and we put out the histologic diagnosis. And again, specifically in overlap syndromes, where you have not one autoimmune diagnosis, you have multiple. For example, if we have biliary injury and you have a patient who looks like have autoimmune hepatitis based on inflammation, you know, that could look at, for example, overlap between autoimmune hepatitis and PVC, or if we have, for example, lymphocytic cholangitis and presence of neutrophilic cholangitis, that could be also the presence of PSE and autoimmune hepatitis, and also the presence of eosinophils. That could be, for example, drug liver injury causing an autoimmune reaction. And are there ever any false negative biopsies when evaluating a patient with autoimmune markers for AIH and doing a liver biopsy? That's a great question, Dr. Buck. I would say the answer is no. So when a biopsy has no presence of inflammation-related autoimmune hepatitis, patients cannot have a diagnosis of autoimmune hepatitis. And it's so important because remember that patients can have positive out the antibodies, but that doesn't mean they have autoimmune hepatitis. But again, the biopsy is so useful in those cases because we ruled out completely. And again, want to make sure that we take it back to our patient. Is the etiology of the patient have a metabolic syndrome? Does the patient have any other etiologies like IV drugs or alcohol? Anything else that can cause any harm to the liver? So that's when we put into context. Thank you for that. So let's move on to treatment. And what are the current treatment options available for patients with AIH? So also this depends on the presentation, Dr. But for example, if you have a patient who comes in as an outpatient with abnormal liver test, the current guidelines from our society recommend using budesonide as an induction therapy. So we do nine milligrams. We make sure that the liver tests are coming down. And once we have biochemical remission, which means normal ALT, normal AST, normal immunoglobulins, we can start immunomodulating therapy. So we put those patients in either azathioprine or six mercaptopurin to keep them actually from having any relapses. And that therapy will last between two to three years, but we want to make sure they get normal biochemistry, which is biochemical remission. In the setting of a patient coming in with liver failure, there's really certain criteria because at some point, if your liver failure is that severe, Maybe the steroids will not be an option. Maybe the only salvage therapy that we have in those patients will be liver transplantation. And again, the patients are in between. We will use IV steroids because IV steroids have shown to get induction and try to get calm the inflammation, kind of like in the more rustic term. And then once we have uh, actually some more 
biochemical remission or coming into biochemical remission, then we can actually start or start thinking about using immunomodulators. So again, I think the current therapies, and again, we switch from having a prednisone to budesonide based on our more current clinical guidelines, and there have been shown that they're similar in outcomes. So budesonides is better because they have less systemic effects. So if you're able to use them, then I think we should actually try to use budesonide as much as we can. And taking this a little further, how do you approach brittle diabetic patients who have AIH? Really great question. And again, this also depends on the liver chemistries and the inflammation in the liver. For example, I've had patients that they have minimal elevation of liver chemistries, but they have a really nasty inflammation in their liver biopsy. So those patients, instead of putting them on induction therapy with either budesonide or steroids, I will start right away immunomodulators and follow their liver test to see if they actually get into biochemical remission. Those patients are really hard to treat. But again, if you have really bad inflammation with really elevated liver tests, some of those patients, we will need to decide if using PO steroids with actually increasing the maybe insulin or starting insulin to try to get them in both ways treated without having any major you know, disadvantage from the diabetes. Now I would like to hear from your vantage point, Dr. Bonder. What has been your experience with patients relapsing after being taken off of therapies? When I have a patient without immune hepatitis, and when we are ready to take him off of immunosuppression around the two to three year mark, so there's two school of thoughts. You know, one of them was you need a liver biopsy. You want to make sure that, first of all, you have biochemical remission, as I told you, normal ALT, normal AST, normal IgG, and some people like myself still believe that a liver biopsy without inflammation will give you the best chance to actually not have a relapse. The relapse uh, rates are between 50 to 90%. So I tell my patients, there's a good chance you'll be relapsed. But the, you know, the good thing about it, if we caught you early, then we, we are going to be using less steroids for induction again. So I usually tell this to my patients. Some of my patients said, you know what? I don't want to go over to the steroids. I don't want to have the side effects of steroids. So I will prefer to remain on immunosuppression for the rest of my life. And then we have the other patients who we should not be thinking about kind of taking off immunosuppression. For example, the advanced stage of fibrosis or cirrhosis should never ever try to think about actually taking off immunosuppression because if they have a relapse, they might go and have liver failure. So we will have to be very careful about that. But one more important thing, Dr. Book, is we need to tell our patients because there are immunomodulators, there are immunosuppression, we need to make sure they see their dermatologist on a yearly basis. And this is what a good reason we need to start thinking about taking them off of immunosuppression. So if a patient has multiple skin cancers in the past, this is the right patient to try to take him off of immunosuppression. So it depends on, again, on the clinical scenario, what patients are the right patients for immunosuppression with growth, but we should try to give it a chance as much as we can to everyone, quoting that the number will be between 50 and 90%. Thank you. And lastly, are there any other thoughts you'd like to share with our audience today? I just want to send the message, Dr. Books, that autoimmune hepatitis, it's a combination of a biochemical and histologic diagnosis. We do see a lot of referrals from community gastroenterologists or even primary cares that we have a patient, they have an elevated liver test, they have a positive ANA, and they start on steroids right away. I want to make sure that we send the message that patients without immune hepatitis need a liver biopsy for diagnosis because it really implicates a lot for treatment and also actually will tell us exactly is there any other etiology there possible they, they could have. This was a superb review of autoimmune hepatitis. I want to thank my guest, Dr. Alan Bonder, for sharing his insights. Dr. Bonder, thanks so very much for joining us today. 
again, it's a pleasure to be with you, Dr. Book, and hopefully I can be with you in, in the near future. For ReachMD, I'm Dr. Peter Buck. To access this and other episodes in this series, visit ReachMD.com slash GI Insights, where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening and looking forward to learning with you next time.